Welcome to Music Life Radio. I'm your host, Dan Sauter. Today on the program, we have Danny LaBelle, a comedian and host of ComicalRadio.com out of New York City. Comical Radio features lots of interviews with comedians and musicians and other people of interest. It is an excellent podcast. I highly recommend you go out and check it out. Danny LaBelle is also a part-time security guard for concert events, which makes for some great stories for Music Live Radio. The day of the interview is the same day that Harvey Pekar passed away. Harvey Pekar is a writer best known for his American Splendor graphic novels. He also was an avid listener of jazz music and a reviewer of jazz music. Wrote his own opera as well. A very amazing man. He will be missed. And it turns out Danny LaBelle was a very close friend of Harvey Picard's. I applaud Danny LaBelle for actually following through and doing the interview. Uh, it was very hard for him. He got choked up throughout the interview. But in some ways, I think this is a very fitting tribute to Harvey Picard, in part. In addition to Danny's stories about music and his influences. In fact, that's what Music Live Radio is all about. Capturing stories of the human spirit. Sit back and relax and enjoy another episode of Music Live Radio. Without further ado, Danny LeBeau. Um, sorry about that before. It's been a rough day. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. What happened? Uh, Harvey Picard died. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just got through writing a, an essay about it, which I'm going to publish, but... He was pretty much the biggest force behind Dan LaBelle for the past six years. Yeah, really? Yeah, I know you had him on the show at least once. It's been a... Yeah, Harvey Picar was... Um, I saw that movie American Splendor when it came out six years ago, and that changed my life, and it, it really, like... I related to him so much, and I realized, like, he didn't wait for opportunities to come to him. He made opportunities himself, you know? He didn't... He made the magazine happen. He didn't uh, wait for someone to come to him and say, hey, we really dig you. Why don't you make a, a, a comic book for us, you know? And so I kept watching it over and over again, and uh, I realized that I had so much in common with him, and I needed to talk to him. So I looked him up in the phone book, because he mentioned in the movie that he loves being in the phone book. And he was still there. And we start talking for like two hours. I was so nervous. I don't know. We Basically, I told him, I'm like, you know, I'm a comedian. Um, I try and send my writing out and nobody publishes it. And he's like, well, just do it yourself. I was like, I can't do that. And he's like, sure you can. <laughs> and, and then I was like, well, now I got to, you know, because I don't want to disappoint Picar. So I made a magazine called The Comical, which was basically just because he told me to do it. I looked up to the guy so much, I just, I didn't want to disappoint him. And then he put, he gave me comics for every issue of it. Every issue that we did for three years. He gave you, what do you mean by he gave you comics? He had a bunch of comics that hadn't been released uh, very much, or were not released at all, or they didn't, they were published, but not too many people saw them. And uh, 
he gave me them uh, to put in my magazine, so I so I had content and and good content, and people took notice, you know. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Do you have any of those comics available online, or is that just uh, strictly uh, a magazine format? They're in print. I mean, I think you can buy them on thecomical.com. Um, the guy Dave Kasson who manages that is not so good about it, but it might still be up there. So he also taught me everything I know about jazz, you know. And I know this is a music show that I'm on now, so I mean, a lot of significance there. He turned me on to Sidney Bechet and Buddy DeFranco and and Microtones and jo- like Joe Maneri and um, you know just. Benny Goodman and the big band stuff and he really taught me like he turned me on to so much great music and he taught me so much you know when I he was going to be on the radio show for the second time this Thursday the first time is when I first started the show yeah wow he was he was my first big guest that I ever had on and then last week um one of my favorites uh Sean came on Sean Lennon so I asked Harvey, I said, you mind if we do it next week? He's like, yeah, whatever. It was, he was going to call in. So I said, we do it this week, we'll do it next week. It doesn't matter. I didn't want to take the attention off of Harvey. I wanted him to be the main guy, you know, when he called in. And it's never going to happen now. Never, ever. He's dead forever. <clears throat> and my, my whole, like, mouth is uh, dry. And from uh, I was crying when I found out about Harvey and... My girlfriend's telling me not to say that because it makes me sound weak, but I uh, just got to be honest. I've been crying all day. Well, yeah, I can understand. That's a hard, hard thing to to do. I mean, hard to speak words, hard to say things. Yeah, very, very emotional and sad. I didn't see it coming. I thought he'd be. I wanted him to see me make it. You know, I wanted. I wanted him to be in my life. You know, for selfish reasons, but. I wanted I wanted to have him in my life for many more years, and he was just such a strong force and incredible guy. Where does he live right now? Is he still? Uh... He doesn't live anywhere. He's dead. But where was he uh, living? He was in Cleveland Heights, right, right. Up until the end. Yeah. <laughs> where does he live right now? He lives in our hearts. He lives forevermore, immortalized on DVD. American Splendor. Yeah, that's rough. How, how did he die? Was he uh, sick? They, they have, I looked it up, they don't have a cause of death yet. It's not explained, but he was only 70, and uh, his wife called the ambulance at 1 in the morning, and they got there, and he was already dead. Wow, wow, that's rough. He was a great writer. He wrote so much that people don't know about. There's so many books that he's worked <coughs> on and reviewed so much jazz, and he wrote a book about Lenny Bruce that hasn't gotten published yet. For some reason, it's tied up in contracts, but hopefully we'll get to see that. Hmm. eventually you know i saw that movie too i thought it was an excellent movie and uh i had also heard an interview i think it was about the time the movie came out where he was on npr anyway i also heard your uh, sean lennon interview that was amazing that was a good job on that one. Oh, thank you yeah sean was really cool um a big fan of his music friendly fire is like an incredible album and the ghost of the saber uh tiger is really great too yeah, I, I like the uh, samples you were playing. 
Yeah, they're they're awesome. I, they're up on his website. So I'm really looking forward to the interview with you. I I heard about you on the the Keith and the Girl show actually, and uh, uh-huh. and <laughs> I th- I think those were actually really good episodes. It's too bad they're not going to have you back on that anymore. But um, and then I went over to your side and I was you know really impressed with what you were doing. So uh, hey. You know, I get to find out something. <laughs> Thanks, something good. man. Yeah, yeah. So I've I'm actually really been getting into your podcast. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a shame about the Keith and the girl. They do a good show, but I guess uh, what I do was not what they wanted. So. <laughs> yep, that's all right though. You got your own thing going. Yeah. So one of the questions I always like to ask everybody is, uh, what does music mean to you? I can tell it's a pretty important part in your life, and even on your Sean Lennon interview, you mentioned something about it. But uh, in your own words, uh, what does music mean to you? Well, such a deep question. What does music mean to me? I could give you a stupid answer or try and be funny, but I'll try and really answer it. Uh, I don't know. It it means a lot. It, It keeps me going. I mean... I get depressed sometimes and music gets me out of it, you know, and like when I find music that I love, I mean, it's, there's nothing better, really, you know, there's good food, good sex, good music, and then you die. So so what kind of music did you grow up listening to? The first album I ever got was, uh, my mom bought me a Billy Joel album, uh, River of Dreams. That's the first rock album that I ever got. I don't know what the hell I listened to before that. I started out with Billy Joel, which who's awesome. I love Billy Joel. I mean, I think some of uh, the lesser-known hits of his are really some of his best stuff. I sound like Sean Lennon talking about uh, Brian Wilson in, in the interview he did with me. But, yeah. But it's true. I mean, like, I mean, what's that song that Billy Joel did? And I believe there is a... Da-da-da. As they said that these would be the best of times, but they're the only times I have ever known. And I believe there is a time for meditation in cathedrals of our own. What song is that? That's called Summer Highland Falls. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great Billy Joel song. That's like really great music. They're the only times I've ever known And I believe there is a time for meditation In cathedrals of our own Now I have seen that sad surrender in my lover's eyes And I can only stand apart and sympathize For we are always what our situations hand us And see the sadness or euphoria So we'll argue and we'll compromise And realize that nothing's ever changed Separate conclusions are the same 
sadness, see their sadness or euphoria. Uh, I love Downeastern Alexa, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. Some of his songs that I just, uh, I like passionate music, like the songs that have, like, good soul to them like that, you know? There's so much in Downeastern Alexa that you just... <sighs> Sorry, man, it's a rough day for me. Uh, oh, I know, I can, I can understand. Losing Picar is major blow. I mean, talk to the guy every month for the past six years. Yeah. Where were we? We were talking about music. I mean, Billy Joel and then uh, the Beatles. Uh, Beatles became a big thing for me. And then I I kind of listened to all the Beatles songs so much that they felt kind of played out to me. Mm-hmm. And then I got into like all the solo careers of the Beatles. And then I just had a love affair with uh, George Harrison's music, you know. And, and Lennon's, of course. And uh, all the stuff that John and Yoko did together was, was just brilliant, you know. Like I was saying on my show, people hate on Yoko Ono, but I think she really brought the best out of John artistically. And, you know, we wouldn't have, like, Double Fantasy album and Shave Fish and Men Love Avenue and all that great stuff if it wasn't for Yoko, you know? Oh, yeah, there was a ton of great stuff that came out of that. She forced him to tap into, like, the real feelings, you know, that he'd suppressed as a Beatle for so long, you know? And George Harrison is just fucking awesome. I... I love George Harrison's music. Then, uh, what else? I love uh, Pink Floyd, of course. Um, some of the newer bands I listen to are uh, a band called Elbow. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't heard of them. I'll have to check them out. E-L-B-O-W. And uh, I, did, I do concert security um, to make a little side money in the summer. So last summer I did a Coldplay concert. And they opened for Coldplay. And they were just so cool. they were just so great, you know. I, I went out and bought their albums, and I've been listening to them ever since. They were really good. And uh, my girlfriend turned me on to this band that you probably have heard of uh, called Of Montreal. I haven't heard of that one either. No, Of Montreal are also really great. I mean, like, but uh, you know, I wasn't just saying it. I'm on the show. I'm really a hardcore fan of Sean's. You know, I think Sean is really uh, in his own right. A great talent, you know, and and that Friendly Fire album, you gotta go and get that. Uh, do you actually play an instrument, or are you just a fan of music? I played the violin until I was, uh, my parents got me started when I was like four, and I played for like three years till I was seven. I had a teacher called Mr. Moon, and I always thought that uh, my parents just cut off the lessons because they didn't want to, I don't know, they didn't want to pay for them anymore, whatever it was, but I found out years later that, uh, Mr. Moon really quit on me, and I was the only student that he ever uh, quit on because he said I was a stubborn jackass. <laughs> Ouch. He didn't, he didn't say it to me. He told my parents that. They didn't yeah. tell me until till years later. They, Your son is a stubborn jackass. He will never learn the violin. <laughs> did you enjoy Did you enjoy yeah. playing it? Yeah. I was, I was devastated when they took away my violin lessons. I thought I was going to be like a great violinist, but apparently the Koreans had other plans. <laughs> And the weird thing is, um, I was seven when I stopped getting lessons from Mr. Moon. And to this day, I get a birthday card from him every year in the mail. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, like, it's like an automatic thing, you know, at this point. It's just, uh, happy birthday from Moon Music School, Flushing Queens or something. But, uh, you know, it still comes in the mail. So he's still, he's still going. 
You could be taught violin from the same person that quit on Danny Lobel. <laughs> Your son is a very stubborn jackass. Yeah, that's funny. Hey, when, when you're doing concert security, did any uh, interesting stories happen? Um, I wish I had some. I mean, other than me just fucking with people uh, as a security guard, I like to have fun with people. And Like, I did a Billy Graham concert. You know Billy Graham, the preacher? Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, all these crazy Christians were coming in, like, real, like, religious nuts, you know? It's all right if you want to be religious, but don't, like, have T-shirts and stuff, you know? And they were coming in, and I, I had to check their bags, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, you're, you're a fan of Jesus? And they'd be like, yeah, I love Jesus. And I'd be like, I hear he doesn't have great things to say about you, though. And then they'd just, <laughs> <laughs> they would just go nuts and, and ask for my supervisor, and then I'd say, I am the supervisor, you know? <laughs> which isn't true, you know? Yeah, uh, that was that was fun. Like uh, I did Jay Z. I, I stood on the side of the stage uh, for a Jay Z concert, and uh, somebody's like, "They're like, yeah, if anyone comes and tries to uh, shoot Jay Z, you got to stop him." <laughs> I told my friend, and you know, that you're a security guard. You don't even have a nightstick. You don't have. A, I have a flashlight. You know, so there, so somebody's like, "Well, what would you have done if somebody tried to shoot Jay Z that day?" And they pulled out a gun. They said. uh I'm here to shoot Jay-Z. I, I would have said, well, there's Mr. Z, you know. <laughs> not getting shot for $7 an hour for trying to... No, <laughs> definitely, definitely if it, not. If it, if it comes down to me or Jay-Z, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, I like the last album, but <laughs> you had a good run. Yeah, I used to actually work, when I was uh, unemployed for a little while, I worked as a... Well, I guess I was kind of employed. I, was, I worked the door at a, at a small rock club. And uh, I was the security and the guy that checked the IDs and all that stuff. And uh, they go, well, you know, if anybody starts causing any trouble, you know, you don't have to do anything. I was like, well, damn right. I'm not going to be doing anything for 50 bucks a yeah. night. <laughs> I'll Ridiculous. Call the, yeah. I'll call the yeah. cops. So that's about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would I do? I'd be like, sir, you have a gun. Will you please hold on a minute while I call my supervisor over? <laughs> like, uh, there's really nothing you could do if somebody pulls a gun on you. You just say, yeah. okay, go ahead. But I don't know. I've I've done a lot of uh, different concerts. It's been cool. I did Sonic Youth. I don't really care for them. A lot of noise. Yeah, very interesting band. <laughs> a lot of noise. Like there are certain bands that I hate doing security for. Like My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. You know them. They're just, yeah. They just they just like like to play so loud. It's it's like you know what? Nobody stops to think about the security guards that have to uh, <laughs> put up with that loudness right next to a speaker because you're posted there. You know. Yeah. Definitely. So you mentioned that uh, you're really into 50s and 60s uh, jazz clarinet players. Yeah. You, me- you yeah. mentioned Harvey Picar got you involved in that music. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, Picar. I mean, what happened was uh, Picar pushed me into starting a magazine about comedy, which I did for three years. Um, and one of the people I tried to get an interview with for a cover was Woody Allen. And I went down to the Carlisle one Monday night to ask him for an interview. That's where he plays jazz. And uh, I never got the interview, but we kind of, uh, we talked for a few minutes, and he was a real nice guy, and he said, no, he says, you know, I really don't like doing these things, you know, only when I absolutely have to, but, you know, you're welcome to come hang out. And and I did. I came and, and hung out and watched him play many nights, Monday nights, and I told Harvey how much I love him, and he's like, well, if you like that, you know, you should check out Sidney Bechet, and you should check out Buddy DeFranco, and turn me on to all these great uh, jazz guys, you know, that have really been a, a staple in my iPod, you know. 
they're just uh just uh, wonderful stuff you know oh very cool so as the host of a comical radio i've i know you've had some musical guests on obviously sean lennon you had uh, andrew wk yeah on we, your did show. Have andrew. we had andrew wk on that's uh my girlfriend booked andrew wk on the show uh and i had never heard of him until she booked him and he's pretty cool i love it i love the music i hope we have him back i mean yeah he's very entertaining very entertaining guest and uh yeah, I've checked out his music. It's very interesting. I like it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool stuff. This is a track off of Andrew WK's album 55 Cadillac entitled Cadillac. feel that there's uh, some common ground between musicians and c- comedians well yeah i mean between musicians and comedians we, we both get shitty gigs a lot <laughs> and <laughs> have to play uh crap old places and hope people are listening um the advantage that musicians have is uh at the end of the song even if it stinks people will clap you know <laughs> yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> People generally clap, even if they're not listening. They're like, oh, the song's over, time to clap. But with uh, comedians, uh, when the joke is over, you know, you really have to earn that. I'm not saying com- musicians don't earn a round of applause, but it's just, uh, I would love it if people felt obligated. No, maybe I wouldn't. I would probably hate it. It, it would be interesting for one show if everyone clapped at the end of every joke. No. Yeah. I, where am I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, well, I know you've incorporated some music elements in your comedy. I remember a story you were talking about where you were doing a solo horn performance, just using your mouth on stage. What were you trying to achieve with that? <laughs> it's a little experimentation, you know. Uh, just wanted to have a little fun on stage, see what I could pull off with that, and do a little avant-garde shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing deeper than that. Yeah. Well, you have a very interesting take on comedy. Who are your main influences? George Carlin, Billy Connolly, Jim Carrey, Larry David, Sam Kinison, Woody Allen, little Jackie Mason, Don Rickles, little Steve Martin. Of course, Andy Kaufman's a big one. I don't know why I waited so long to say that. <laughs> yeah, I would say that was one of your, seems like one of your primary influences. Yeah, major influence. Uh, John Lennon, I, I mentioned, is uh, before I was even listening to stand-up, I was uh, listening to Lennon interviews, and I just thought he was so funny, you know? 
Yeah, you mentioned that briefly. Uh, the the Beatles really did have a pretty comedic sense in the interviews and stuff. I remember uh, actually somebody was talking about uh, they were interviewing the Beatles. I don't remember which one responded, but they go, uh, "So what do you call your haircuts?" And uh, one of them said, "I call mine Bill." <laughs> <That's pretty funny. laughs> yeah, they they were so quick. You know, they were just yeah. so funny and quick. Um, and John especially had the best. Uh, I thought the best sense of humor out of all of them. He had this great, um, sarcastic, uh, quick wit. Yep, very much. What was the uh, the best musical show you ever saw? I gotta say Elbow, you know? Yeah, okay. They were just, uh, it was amazing. They just, they were really, really, I felt like they were, they were really rocking the world when they were up there. And, and that sounds really lame, but I'm standing right in front of the stage doing security. Guy Guy Garvey, I think is his name, is the lead singer, and he's um, he's really uh, he's so passionate up there doing his thing, and violins in the background, and I just I felt the music so much, and then I look up at the sky, and it was like the clouds were moving really fast, you know, like like the music was like pushing the clouds, you know, and it was just like this really cool. I wasn't even high or anything, you know, it, and it was a long day. It was a music festival. Um, all points west and uh i was dealing with a lot of annoying a lot of annoying people all day and i was tired and i heard a lot of music and some was great and some was eh and uh and then i was really you know they brought me back to life you know for the rest of the day yeah that's good yeah music can really uh, rejuvenate you yeah it was uh i didn't see it coming you know they were great this is Elbow with Grounds for Divorce. I've been working on a cocktail called Grounds for Divorce. most profound musical moment you've ever had <laughs> it may have been um this guy used to hang out with a lot we were friends when we were younger we're st- i guess we're still friends we don't see each other anymore and we were hanging out in his car in high school in a parking lot in like valley stream or something i don't know what the hell we were doing there but it was pouring rain like too heavy to really drive and he put in like a simon and garfunkel it's just a really great, profound moment of like 
that music and the rain coming down on the car and just this uh, complete, like, when you're in high school and you're in a, and, and there's really nothing and you're in a parking lot in Valley Stream of all places, you know. And then, like, Simon and Garfunkel could bring that moment to life somehow, you know. It's such a boring existence to have something to, like, turn it around, you know. All he ever listened to was Sublime, too, and, like, I didn't even know he had a Simon and Garfunkel album, you know. And it wasn't even Simon and Garfunkel. It was just Paul Simon. It was uh, You're the One by Paul Simon. Oh, okay. It was that, that was the album, and it was, just, it was great. I just remember it, it turned around that moment, you know. It, like, it took like what was like a dull, boring afternoon and made it really great. It was, it was new, and it was new to me, and it was, uh, it was exciting, you know. I was like, I think Paul Simon's incredible, you know. Yeah, he's pretty brilliant. Garfunkel could suck a dick. <laughs> uh, big, big Paul Simon fan. What other artists are you really into? I know you've mentioned some of them already. You know, it's going to sound so cliche because I like all the same. I like Frank Zappa a lot. I like uh, I like Bob Dylan. I like Shakira. You know, she's I mean, actually pretty talented. Yeah, I'm she a big Shakira fan. I think. I mean, not her late, her recent stuff. Yeah. Her recent stuff is commercial crap. Well, she's one of those people that actually writes her own music as opposed to some of those other artists that you could lump in that genre. Yeah, she's she really was great, you know, five years ago. What other musical guests are you looking to try to get on your show on Comical Radio? Musical guests for Comical Radio. Um, well, we have Kid Rock coming in. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. That's cool. September, he's got a new album coming out. And, uh... I want to talk about um, Aviv Khan and the widest smiling faces who I've had on before. I don't know if you've heard them. No, I haven't. But he's awesome. I mean, he's really great. So check out the widest smiling faces, you know. Uh, We have um, Super Cute this week, which is a band of three 16-year-old girls. And they do uh, pretty cool stuff. What's the story behind them? Because I noticed that you were going to have them as upcoming guests on our site. I went and checked out some of their stuff. I did a show with them in the village, and uh, they were pretty cool. And I uh, I kind of dug their whole act, and it's kind of like they, they have like the music and their characters. And I know I dug them, and I thought, you know what? Let me uh, try and give them some exposure on the radio. Yeah, I, I, they had a very interesting. I think they had like a, they were doing a Led Zeppelin cover or something. And some stuff, and then they have their <laughs> their own their own original music. Yeah, really interesting. I, I dig them. I don't know. I can't explain it. I, music is such a um, intangible thing, you know, that you can't explain why you like or don't like something. I, I just like them. I know. So hopefully, other people will. I know some people won't. I know a lot of comical radio listeners have already given me like some shit about it, you know. But I, I don't really care. I'm I'm just gonna expose who I want to, you know. Well, I think it'll be an interesting interview. I'm going to tune in for it, that's for sure. Yeah. I wonder how Caston will relate to three cute 16-year-old girls. <laughs> that uh, should make the uh, show interesting. Yeah, I hope he shows up. I like Danny Elfman. I think he's great. Yeah, he's amazing. So- <laughs> I'm just mentioning that like everyone I like in music. <laughs> I like a guy named Too Short. Too the Short, type- the rapper? Tight rhymes. Too short just cracks me up. I don't know. Whenever I listen to his stuff, it just makes me laugh. Is he still around? I don't know. 
Maybe I should try and get him on Comical Radio. I wonder if he can deal with FCC regulations. I want to say he's from Oakland area. Yeah, I think yeah, somewhere in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm. That's where I'm from. I think cool, I remember yeah. hearing his name around. I do like two shows. You know, I really like Ron Isley, um, Mr. Biggs. It's a weird variation of things I like. You know. Yeah. So what's uh, what's next for you? What do you? How do you see Comical Radio going? Are you going to con- try to continue that as long as you can? Uh, what are you looking to do in the future? I'm looking to end Comical Radio. This will be the last one, I think. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do I continue to keep it going? Yeah, I hope to. I mean, I hope to grow it into the biggest uh, show in the world. I think I will. I will. I. It'll take time, though. And um, I'm going out to South Africa August 2nd to 22nd. So if you have listeners in uh, in Johannesburg, come on out. Yeah, definitely. We'll get the word out. Doing 20 shows, uh, hour-long shows, and um, that'll be August. September, I'll be in Minneapolis and doing a weekend out there at a club. I don't know. I'll put it up on my website, I guess. I don't... A club in Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, I'm bad <laughs> at plugging myself, it turns out. Um, <laughs> Is that your rooster in the background? Yeah, can you hear that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> Bad internal clock. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's what is it? It's five thirty in the evening. Yeah. And there he goes. Um, <laughs> I, my girlfriend writes a really funny blog called Living with Lobel. It's livingwithlobel.tumblr.com and. She's been documenting the whole rooster drama as it, un- <laughs> as it unfolds. But yeah. uh, hopefully we'll get to keep custody of the rooster. But we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> your, see neighbor, your neighbor been giving you any more problems? Yeah. And it's up, all up on the blog there. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to ruin it for people. Uh, so all they right, don't well. go. But go follow, follow it on Tumblr. And, uh, you know, we have comicalradio.com. We have forums, which I'm really trying to build up. So please join the forums. It's free. Just go on there, comicalradio.com, Comical Radio on iTunes. There's some good plugs. Uh, that's that's it for me. I'm, I mean, I wrote a movie with a very talented comedian named Graham K. G R A H A M K A Y. We we have a band actually. So it's good appropriate for this show. Uh, we have a fake southern music band. Okay. Called Wally Horton and the Rivermen. I play Wally Horton, he plays Marion, and we wrote this movie, and we've talked to uh, Craig Robinson about being in it, and he said, send me a script, so that's up in the air. That might happen. He might be in it. If he likes the script, he could be in it. Ah, very good. So that might happen. And uh, we're just uh, finishing up the script this week, and we have real musicians in the band, you know, it's not just us, it's uh, real country musicians, and we've wrote these ridiculous songs, and... uh, Wrote a movie about it. Well, very cool. Yeah, that's about it. Comical Radio. We've got good guests coming up and good times ahead. Well, all right. Thank you very much, <laughs> Danny LaBelle. It's I'm sorry. A- it's it, I'm sorry that I've been so down. It's just a tough day for me. Yeah, well, I can understand. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear about the death of Harvey Picar. That's that's rough news. The world is an emptier place, man. Yeah. All right, I was just going to say, just go out there. The people go out and read his stuff and buy buy the American Splendor compilations and listen to jazz and think about him. You're going to be listening to some jazz tonight? Maybe not tonight. It's too emotional, but tomorrow. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Danny. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. Keep on rocking. All right, we will, and we'll be uh, plugging your site. And uh, I wish good things for Comical Radio. And I'm gonna—I'm a big fan. I'm gonna be a continuing to listen to you expand your empire. Thank you, and, and tell people go out and get Sean Lennon's new stuff. It's amazing, and uh, the Ghost of the Sabertooth Tiger. Will do. All right, thanks. Hope you have a good evening. Okay, you too. Thanks, man. All right, bye. bye. Thanks again to Danny LaBelle from Comical Radio. That's comicalradio.com. C-O-M-I-C-A-L-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can also check out his website at dannylabelle.com. D-A-N-N-Y-L-O-B-E-L-L.com. And his girlfriend, Kylie Wakefield, runs a very interesting blog. You can hear more about the chickens at her site at livingwithlabelle.tumblr that's T-U-M-B-L-R dot com We're going to go ahead and end the podcast today with a song from Sean Lennon's band Ghost of the Sabertooth Tiger the song called The World Was Made for Men The Ghost of the Sabertooth Tiger Try 
Some words of wisdom from Danny LaBelle. It's all right if you want to be religious, but don't like have t shirts and stuff, you know? Thanks again for checking out Music Live Radio, and we'll catch you next time.